Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, move. What an amazing uh, what an amazing time in worship this morning. The Holy Spirit was just flowing through this place. God just put jumper cables on the, on the building, one on one end and one on the other, and the electricity just flowed through the place. Um, we are having Holy Spirit encounter nights on Wednesdays because I'm, we are of the belief that God wants to do far more in our day and in our age than what we are seeing. God wants to do far more in your life than what... Uh, you are currently seeing than what I am currently seeing. God wants to uh, bring transformation. God wants to bring the Holy Spirit power and anointing upon your life. And he wants to transform you from the inside out. He wants to bring healing in your body. He wants to bring healing in your mind. He wants to touch you in ways that you've never dreamed of. He wants to put uh, dreams and hopes and visions in your life that you haven't conceived of yet. God has great plans for you. Psalm 139 says that there are books written about your life. It's been pretty boring so far, but it heats up in the next chapter. Come on. Come on out. Holy Spirit encounter night. Let God speak to you. Let, some, let something happen. Wow. This is good stuff, guys. The word of the Lord that came this morning the battlefield that we fight, the fight that we fight is a spiritual battle. We fight a spiritual battle, and the battle takes place most oftentimes in our mind. The enemy's greatest tool is the fact that he can come and lie and deceive you. And the number one thing that he will always come and lie to you about is the last thing that God spoke to you about. We see it every single time. God spoke to Adam and Eve and said, you can eat of any tree in the garden except for, the, except for this tree. And the enemy comes and says, hath God said about the tree? Last thing that God spoke. Jesus is baptized in the water, comes up out of the water, and God, and God rips open the heavens, and the Holy Spirit descends, and God speaks, and God says, this is my beloved son. Jesus goes into the wilderness. He's led into the wilderness for 40 days, and the Satan comes to tempt him and says, if you are the son of God. The last thing that God spoke is the exact thing that the enemy is going to go after. He's going to try to lie to you. He's going to try to deceive you. He's going to try to make you think that you're not what God made you to be. He's going to try to make you think that. This is good stuff. I could preach if you guys keep looking at me. We need to be aware that the enemy comes to steal, rob, and destroy. And he does that by lying to us. Watch what you hear. Watch what you listen to. Watch the internal thought conversation that you're having in your mind. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. We need to, we need to be a people that have a sound mind. We, sound mind. Sound mind. There's a song uh, that's out. It's called Sound Mind. Find it, put it on, put it on repeat until you have a sound mind. 
The Bible tells us to take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. So when a thought comes, we're to judge that thought. This is how we do spiritual battle, guys. Our strength, listen, our strength in spiritual warfare depends solely upon how much we have control over our mind. We need to know how to control our thoughts. And so when a negative thought comes in, we replace it with a God thought. Don't let the lies camp there. Don't let the lies come to maturity. Let's do an exercise. All right, everybody's going to do this with me. I want you all to count. When I say go, I want you all to count to 10 in your mind, right? But just in your mind, not out loud. Ready? Go. Now say your name out loud right now. What happened to the thought? What number were you on? Can you even tell me? I forget what number I am on. Why? Because I spoke something. I interrupted the thought that I was having with another thought. So when the negative thoughts come, speak something that's true. Find one scripture. God has given me a sound mind. Maybe that's the only scripture you're going to memorize. Write it down. Post it on your glasses. Looking back at you. (laughs) Hang it from the rim of your baseball cap. I don't care. When the negative, come on. This is how we get victory. When I'm walking through my years of trials, I, I found a verse. It said, Consider it pure joy when you come into various trials. I have no idea how this works, God. But your word says, and I know your word is true. And so though I find myself in the midst of a trial, I'm going to say, consider it pure joy. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. But years later, I got it. I got it. I got it. And so you just take that scripture and you just post it there. God has given me a sound mind. God has given me a sound mind. God has given me a sound mind. And the devil comes to lie at you. And it says, you're not loved. I am loved. I am loved. For God so loved the world. That's me. God loves me. God loves me. Speak to yourself. Speak it out loud. Speak it out loud. Infect the airways with your voice. Philippians chapter 1 says, In no way be terrified of your enemy. It is proof to them of their impending destruction. So when the enemy comes and lies to me, And I say, I'm not going to be afraid, devil, because I know the truth, and this is the truth. The devil's reminded that he's doomed for destruction. And so he's going to leave me alone because every time he tries to bother me, he's reminded that he's doomed. He comes to try to throw fear on me, and I'm like, I'm not having it. You, you, You can go. I'm done. You're done talking. And he's like, I am going to go because I know I'm going to be destroyed. I know that God wins. This is what the devil's reminded of when we refuse to be afraid. Wow. 
<laughs> All right, the Bible says, you will be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And so when we're not afraid, no one can oppress me. It's not being delivered from oppression that delivers me from fear. It's not being afraid that delivers me from being oppressed. They can still try and lock me up, mask me down, whatever. But if I'm not afraid, it's not working. You can't oppress someone who's not afraid. It's impossible. You can kill me, but you can't oppress me. And you won't impress me. Glory to God. <laughs> All right. Wow, that was good, guys. Man. 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 <laughs> oh, just pray. Pray over you guys. Go home. That was... That was worth all the, all the money you paid. Thank you, Jesus. We live in a day and an age where fear is everywhere. And everyone wants us to be afraid of everything. Our shampoo wants us to be afraid that our hair is not going to look good if we don't use their type of shampoo. Our, our sodas are, gonna make, are, are trying to make us afraid that we're going to gain tons of weight if we don't drink their variety of diet soda. There's no end, guys, to the fear. Watch commercials. It's fear. Watch TV. It's fear. Listen to even a radio ad. It's fear. It's fear. It's fear. It's fear. It's everywhere you go. You walk into a store. I don't even know what store I went to. And I'm trying to find out if they're open. And so I walk up to the door and I look and there's like 37 sheets of paper on the, on the windows and there's all these things. And I'm like, what are they doing? I don't even know. Do they have hours? Are they open? Do they want anybody in the building? I'm not sure. <laughs> this is the world that we walk through. But God has not given me a spirit of fear but of love and of power and a sound mind. And the, my Bible says, I don't know about yours, I don't know what yours says, but my Bible says that every place where I set my foot, God has given me authority. And so every place where I go and every place where I set my foot, I will have authority in that place. All right. Good, good, good. We need to rise up, and we need to walk in the authority that God has won for us, because God has given us the authority. If you're unsure of the authority that God has given you, start to read the book of Ephesians, and read it again, and read it again, and then put your name in there in the prayers, and then read it again, and read it again until you are sure of the authority that you have. I have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Pastor Matt has been seated with Christ in heavenly places. What? I am a co-heir with Christ. I have, come on, somebody's getting excited. I have everything that Jesus had. The, the scripture in Psalms says, you are God's. Or, wait a minute. 
What? It's a small G. Calm yourself. <laughs> but we need to take the our thought. We need to take the place of our authority. We are Christ on the earth. We are to represent, we're to represent Christ. We're to be ambassadors. We are to move with the full authority that Jesus has. When I'm not home and when the kids were little and we'd leave one of the kids in charge when we left, whether it was whichever one of them, and then, you know, something happened, they had full authority to make decisions. House catches fires, they have the authority to make the decision as to whether they're going to grab the fire extinguisher or call 911 or both. They have the authority. I'm not there. They're going to call me on the phone. What do I do? I don't know. You're looking at it. You make the decision. Why did you even call me? Call 911. Call them first, please, if the house is on fire. Bypass me, by all means. It's the same way. Jesus has given us his authority. This is a good segue into my message. Praise God we got there. <clears throat> Jesus has given us his authority. He's given it to us. We are his representatives on the earth. And what does he want us to do with it? Yes. Put it to use. How? Just start listening. Just start listening. Holy Spirit leads. Holy Spirit leads. Bill Johnson says this. He says, um, principles are good, but they're only there for when you can't hear. When we're, <laughs> this is really good. This is deeper than you know. When we're hearing from the Holy Spirit, he'll guide us and lead us into where we should go, what we should do, what we should say, who we should speak to, what we should say to them. Every word that we speak can come, can come, does it, can come from the Holy Spirit. And then when we can't hear him, when we stop hearing the Holy Spirit for a moment, we can fall back on the principles that God has given us. Whew. All right, let me see what we can do here. Today's message is entitled, Whom Shall I Send? And you guys, I mean, if you've attended here for a minute, if you've been a Christian for a minute, you know that this scripture is from Isaiah 6. Whom shall I send? Let's read the text. In the year King Uzziah died, King Uzziah reigned over Judah. The kingdom was divided at that point in time, reigned over Judah and Jerusalem for 52 years. By all, uh, by all standards, he was a good king. He led the people back into worship toward the end of his reign, 10 years before he died. He went to offer um, sacrifice in the temple, and the priests told him not to do it because it, it was against the laws, it was against the rules, and he shouldn't be doing it. And he went to do it anyways, and before he could do it, he broke out with leprosy, and he was quarantined to the day of his death. Fifty-two years he reigned. Fifty-two years. That's a long time. Imagine that you had a good president. I know that's hard to imagine in today's climate, but imagine, or even four years ago, 
Imagine that you had a good, godly president that led the people back to worshiping the Lord. That's who Uzziah was. He was a good king. But now he's sick. He's sick. And imagine, Isaiah is a man of God. He's caught himself up in the house of prayer, and he's like, God, heal, heal Uzziah. God, heal Uzziah. God, heal Uzziah. Then Uzziah dies. This is the stage. I mean, we read four words. In the year King Uzziah died, I think it's six. There's a lot going on there. This was a huge moment in Isaiah's life. And when it happened, he had this vision. I saw the Lord. I saw God sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. It's the same vision that we'll see in Re- we read of in Revelations. Above it stood seraphim, each one having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. Do you ever wonder why the seraphims cover their face with their wings? Just go stand out in the sun for an hour without a hat on. What do you want to do? You start to look at somebody and you're like, hey. What's going on? You're trying to block the sun from your eyes. Suddenly, you're covering your face with your wings. Why? Because of the brightness of the sun. Revelation tells us that God will darken the sun. It says that there will be no need of the sun or of the moon because of the brightness that God puts out. God is so bright that you don't even need the sun. The sun will be dark and you won't be able to find it in the sky. What? The seraphim cover their face because of the brightness of God that they're continually in. With two he covered his feet and with two he flew and one cried to another and they said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, is the Lord of hosts. When we finally get to heaven, when we finally see God, we're not going to stand there and say, God's such a lover. Although he is, he's more loving than anything you've ever known. That's not what we're going to say. When we finally get to heaven, we're not going to stand there and say, man, God is so good. God is so good. Although it's, it's impossible to exaggerate the goodness of God. We're not going to talk about how good God is. The one overwhelming thing that we're all going to see, we'll all see the same thing and we'll all say the same thing. We're going to say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. It's his holiness that's going to unravish us, unravel us, and and ravish our hearts more than anything else. It's the holiness of God when we see it. I'm preaching my way through this scripture, but it's all good. I don't want to leave anything out. The whole earth is full of his glory, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Shagain, a glory cloud. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king. I'm a sinner, and I live with sinners, and my eyes have seen God. Woe is me. I, am, I, 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 I don't know what to do. I, I, I just don't know what to do. My eyes have seen the King, God, the, glory, the, the Lord of hosts. 
Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having a live coal, which has been taken from the altar with the tongs of the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Your iniquity is gone. Your sin is gone. You've been cleansed by the coal from the altar. Hot, live, living coal. The angel couldn't even touch it. He had to grab it with the tongs. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Singular, then plural. God the Father says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Evidence of the Trinity, even in the Old Testament. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then he said, then I said, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Who will go? Who will go? God's asking today, who will go? God's given you the authority. God's given you the power. Who will go? Who will go? Who will go? You know what's interesting? God hasn't told Isaiah what he's going to do. He didn't tell him what the mission was. He didn't tell him what the assignment was. He just said, hey, who's going to go? And Isaiah says, I'm going. Send me, sign me up. I'm your man. What's the job? I don't know. There's an awesome reference to this in the, um, in the new Matrix movie. Anybody seen the new Matrix movie? No one? Any Matrix fans in here? Any Matrix fans? A few? All right, I won't ruin the movie for you. I won't ruin the movie for you, but I'm going to tell you this one scene, and it, it's not a spoiler, so that's, you're okay. In the one scene, the commander comes, and he's called all the, called, she's called all, it's a woman commander, called all the captains there. So all the captains are standing in a line, and there's this one captain who, who disobeyed orders, obviously. And so she's reaming them out, and she's about, I don't know, into her speech, and all of a sudden, the one captain that disobeyed orders steps forward, and the commander says, what are you doing? There's a row of captains, I don't know, 10, 12, whatever, and the one steps forward, and the commander's like, what are you doing? I'm yelling at you. I'm specifically yelling at you. I brought everybody else here to do it. I'm yelling at you. What are you doing? She didn't say all those words. I'm feeling in extras. And she says, the, the, command, the captain that steps forward says, I'm volunteering. For what? Whatever it is that you want us to do. I haven't asked you to do anything yet. So the one captain stands forward. Everybody else is still back. And the commander says, that's right. I do have a plan, and I need three of you. And there's like, I don't know, 12 or something in the line. They all stand forward. And then the, the commander says, I haven't even told you what the plan is. I could have a suicide mission lined up for you, and you just all volunteered. Why would you do that? Because we trust you. And if you say that it needs to be done, then it must need to be done. It comes back to trust. Anxiety, worry, it all comes back to trust. How much do we trust God? How much do we trust God? How much do we trust God? I'm asking you the question several times because we really, it's not an easy answer. We don't really know. How much do we trust God? 
Will you say yes, not knowing the assignment? Who will go for us? Who will go for, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Will you go not knowing the assignment? Will you go not knowing the assignment? Years ago, years and years ago, couldn't tell you. There was a day I prayed to prayer. And I meant it from the bottom of my heart. And I prayed this prayer and I said, God, I will go anywhere in the world and I will do anything that you want me to do. Nothing is off the table. It's an answer to this call right here. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Years ago, 20 years ago, I don't know, I prayed that prayer. And I said, God, I'll go anywhere. God, I will do anything. We've got four kids. I don't know if you call me to Africa how that's going to work out, but if you call me to Africa, I'm going to Africa. God, if you call me to Texas, I'm going to Texas. If you call me to South, wherever it is, God, whatever it is you call me to, whatever it is you call me to do, wherever it is you call me to go, God, I'm, I am in. I am all in. I am 100% in. I'm sold out. There is no other thing that I want than to do what you want me to do. The whole globe and then some were not off the table. <laughs> and God said, <laughs> I need you in Troy. And I said, God, no, I, you, I mean, like, Africa's okay. Maybe you didn't hear me. Anywhere you want me to go, anything you want me to do. I think I secretly wanted to leave at that time for whatever reason. And I'm like, God, anywhere, anywhere you want me to go, anything you want. I need you. In, <laughs> I need, <laughs> God is funny. I need you in Troy. I need you in Troy. He didn't even say New York capital region. I need you to stay. He said, I need you in Troy. Specifically, redeeming love. Okay, God, you've got me here. I'm here. We're going at this 100, 125%. There's no, there's no off button anymore. There's no off button anymore. Who will go and who are you going to send? You're sending me. I'm on. I'm going. I'm in. I'm all in. There's no backing up. There's no turning back. I'm doing it. I'm doing it all. I'm doing it anything. You say it, we're doing it. Who will go? Are you ready to go? You're ready to go. You're equipped to go. But are you willing to go? See, because the question here is not about being qualified. You're all qualified. You're all saved. You all have the Holy Spirit that qualifies you. All you need is the Holy Spirit. That's it. You need nothing else. You're ready. Day one, you're ready. All you need to do is hear and listen. I don't know enough. That's not it. Speak the words he speaks to you. Just jump out with both feet and start and make mistakes and you'll learn on the fly. It's better than trying to figure it all out ahead of time and then make the mistakes later. Who will go? Will you go? This sermon series is about preaching the gospel. This sermon series is about sharing the love of God with others. This sermon series is about speaking the good news, sharing with everyone. 
God has given all of us the authority. He has given us all the message. And he has called each and every one of us to be in the co-mission with Christ. It's a mission, but we do it together with him. He leads us. He guides us. He speaks to us to go to others and tell them about the love that God has for them. He could do it himself, but he's chosen not to. He's chosen to share it with you. There's an invitation that you would enter into this commission with Christ, that we would preach the gospel together with him. Matthew chapter 9. Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and the evidence of the kingdom was the healing of the sick, healing of the broken, delivering of demons. And so as we go, as we preach the gospel, don't be afraid to pray for someone who's sick. Don't be afraid to pray for somebody who needs prayer, and allow the power of God to be on display while you're talking about the love of God. The power of God comes to back up the love of God. To show the authenticity of the love of God. The next line, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. God has great compassion on the sick. God has great compassion on those who don't know him. God has great compassion on those who are being tormented of the devil. God has great compassion on those who are far from him. And he wants more than anything else, 1 Peter 4, 9. God desires that all men would be saved and that none would perish. That all men would be saved and that none would perish. That all men would be saved and that none would perish. This is the compassion of God. That every person would know Jesus. That every person would have saving faith, saving knowledge. Go to heaven. Live healed, whole, complete, here on the earth now. And then share eternity with him forever. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. This is the will of God for every human on the planet. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It's not the job of the evangelist only to preach the gospel. Ephesians 4 tells us God has given the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the apostle for the equipping of the saints. That's you. I'm the teacher, pastor, maybe apostle. I'm that, and God's put me here to equip you, the saints. You're all saints. You believe in Jesus, you're a saint. God has given us pastors, apostles, preachers, evangelists are in the list for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry so that you could help. I can't do it on my own. The, the, the clergy, the people that are hired by the church can't do it on their own. Pastor can't do it on his own. We need everyone to help. All hands on deck. I'll never meet the people that you'll meet, and I'll never share the love of Christ the way that you'll share the love of Christ. 
God has designed and destined you to speak to people in only the way that only you can speak to them. Man, that's good stuff. Somebody say amen. I've got good news. I could walk up to somebody and say, hey, Jesus loves you. And they'd be like, you're an idiot. And then you could walk up to the same person and say, hey, Jesus loves you. And they'd be like, really? That's awesome news. How do you know that? I'm not making this up, guys. This is the gift of God that's in you. And this is why God has all of us. And this is why it takes all of us. Contrary to common belief, there's a lot of people that don't like the way that I talk. <laughs> I know, it's unbelievable. I, I can't believe it either. <laughs> I, I just, I, I wonder sometimes, like, are they, I don't know, I, are they in their right mind? I have no idea. Why would somebody not want to hear me? <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Sure enough, as much as there's people out there that don't like to listen to me, there's people out there that don't like to listen to you, but there are, there are more people out there that want to hear what you have to say than don't, want hear what, than don't want to hear what you have to say. And so I want to encourage you this morning to just share, just begin to share the love of God. 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 When we're sharing, when we're talking to others about Jesus, we don't need to point out their sin. How many of you know that sinners know they're sinners? Sinners know they're sinners. You know what they need to know? They need to know that Jesus loves them because they don't, they don't know that. That's hidden from them. That's what the enemy lies to them about. What was Jesus' message? Go and love one another the way that I have loved you. What did Jesus say? He said, you guys are going about this all wrong. You guys are trying to follow rules, and you've got all the rules, and it's all about rules. It's not about the rules. It's about love. It's about love. It's about love. It's about love. And he kept saying this until they were like, okay, okay, it's about love. Yeah, it's about love. And then, you know, it's about love, it's about love, it's about love. How do we love? Are you ready? Ready for this, guys? Here's how you love one another. Obey the rules. You're kidding me, right? Was it a setup the whole time? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. But watch, if we go about it the wrong way, if we, if we just do the rules to, to try to be, you know, in... We fail, we fall every time. We can never be good enough, we can never do enough, we're never enough, we're never gonna be enough. If it's all about the rules, we fail every time. But if we say we love, and now we say, hey, I'm gonna follow that rule because I wanna love. Even if we mess it up and don't do it right, we win because we did it with the right heart. This is the grace of God. This is the story that he's written over your life. In Acts chapter 4, when they're given testimony, it says, 
uh, I think it's Stephen who's given testimony. He talks about David, and he says, David, might be Acts chapter 6. He says, David, who was a man after God's own heart, who did all of my will. Okay, hold up one minute, right? David was a murderer, an adulterer. You know, he had shed more blood than anyone, and he wasn't allowed to build the temple. This guy did all of your will? No, it's just all edited out by the grace of God. God says, I know you made those mistakes. I don't count them against you. Your sins are as far as the east is from the west. And David was a man after my own heart that did all of my will. That's the glory of God. That's the glory that we get to enter into as long as we're moving in love. Love, 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 love. I did it wrong, but because I did it in love, I still get credit. Are you kidding me? Love never fails. This is great news. Somebody should be more excited than that are right now. Somebody should be giving Lord some praise. Come on. Give me a break here. Give me a second to catch my breath and get a drink. Oh, my goodness. It's the love of God, guys. The love of God, it, it, it literally breaks every chain. It, the love of God, it breaks every chain. The love of God, it delivers every sickness, delivers every disease, casts out every demon. It's the love of God. 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 He was moved with compassion. And he says to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. As a matter of fact, it's just me. The whole world is ready, and it's just me. I'm the only one. So he tells them to do what? Pray that God would send out laborers into the harvest. This is the genius of Jesus. What happens three chapters later? Those who were praying, those who Jesus instructed to pray, became laborers. This is the genius of Jesus. Pray... <laughs> That God would send out laborers. And then who gets sent out? Me. Oh, was it a trick? No. Our heart just came in line with God's heart. Yeah. Our heart came in line. When our heart comes in line with God's heart, we have to do what he does. We have to. We don't actually have an option. It, Paul says it best. It says, the love of Christ compels me. The word compels, grips me tightly and carries me places that I wouldn't really want to go. Ah, that's good. The love of Christ compels me. Once I begin this love relationship with God, I'm transformed into who he is. I love the things that he loves. I don't like the things that he doesn't like. And I want to do the things that he wants me to do. I want to see people healed, not because I want any glory or credit for myself or anything like that. I want to see people healed because... I don't want to see people sick. I don't want to see people suffer. Oh, good stuff. So you're, you're here today and you're like, Pastor Matt, you're talking about evangelism. You're talking about sharing your faith. I hate doing that. Okay. I've got a solution, guys. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to pray that prayer. Oh, don't do, don't say, please don't say that. 
No, 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 no. You do not. You do not want to align yourself against the will of God. Don't do that. I mean, just maybe pray, and then maybe just uh, maybe maybe you could forget to pray by being real, not like, oh, I'm not going to pray that today. No, right? Just just don't say that you're not going to do it because then you then you stand in opposition to God. You do not ever want to oppose yourself to God. Pray. Pray, 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 pray. I, I guarantee you, guys, make a prayer list, 10 people that you want to see saved by the end of the year. And don't watch. Make a prayer list of 10 people you want to see saved by the end of the year. Pray for them every day. And don't watch for the transformation in their life. Watch for the transformation in your life. Wow. We thought that prayer was supposed to transform others Prayer transforms us. Prayer changes me. Prayer changes my heart. Prayer changes what I think. Make a prayer list. Please, make a prayer list. Ten people you want saved. Post it someplace. You're going to see it every single day. Start to pray for those people. Watch your heart be transformed. Really press into this. Pray to the, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. Pray that prayer. Pray, God, make me a laborer. Send me out. Three chapters later, they were sent out. They came back. They had made all kinds of mistakes. They, they saw glorious things. They saw, they saw uh, demons cast out. They saw sick healed. They saw dead come back to life. They saw all these things, but they did make mistakes. We see that later in, in Luke, uh, in between the sending of the 12 and the 70, sending of the 70. These guys have got crazy ideas. They want to call down fire from heaven. They want to keep people from praying in the name of Jesus. What are you talking about? And Jesus says, this is going great. Let's get 70 more. Final, final scripture for today, and then we'll take communion. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke, bold, spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We've covered the authority. God, all authority has been given to Jesus. He shares it with us. We're co-missioned. We're in this together. All authority has been given to me, I share it with you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have baptisms here next Sunday. Baptism is, is an outward expression of an inward decision, teaching them to observe all of the things that I have commanded you to do, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The beautiful, the beautiful thing about it, guys, is that Jesus said he'd be with us. Anytime that God gives an impossible task to men, he says, I'll be with you. He says to Caleb, go in and take the promised land, and I'll be with you. He says to Moses, lead these people out. I'll be with you. He says to Gideon, go against this army. Only, you know, remove 27,000 people before you go. Or it was 29,700 that he took out with 300 rather than 30,000. He says, and I'll be with you, and I'll be with you. And I'll be with you. Here's the good news is that God will be with us. The thing we have to see in this scripture here, we, we've talked about disciples. The whole last series was on disciples. We don't want to just get somebody to pray a prayer, although that's a good beginning point. That's where it really all starts. And that may be the thing that you do. But we want to make disciples. We want to teach them how to follow Christ. The scripture says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. All nations means all people. 
I like what Mark says. Preach the gospel to all creatures. So if you think someone's less than human, you can preach to them too. All nations, all people groups, doesn't matter the color of their skin, where they're from, what country, nothing, none of that. If they're human, if they're alive, if they're breathing, every creature, preach the gospel. Can't wait to find a parrot that talks, and I'm going to preach the gospel to him. Do you know Jesus? I don't know. It's in the Bible. What I want you to notice here, and it's not clear from the text, is that the operative word Go therefore and make disciples. The operative word, the operative vowel is make. It's not go. Who will go? We're not talking about going to some foreign land. We're not talking about going. Passion translation says it best. As you go about your life, make disciples. Yeah. That's how it should read. As you go. All right, here's the mission. Preach the gospel. Now, as you go and do life, preach it. And make disciples of everybody that you meet. It is not an event. It is not like I'm going to go on Fridays from 2 to 4. No. (laughs) No. As you go through life, as you go to the market, as you go to work, as you drive your car down the street, pray for the people around you. I know that they frustrate you sometimes. Pray for them. As you go, in everything you do, make disciples. Make disciples. Make disciples. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what your job is. I don't care how many people you see when you see anyone at any point in time it's always an opportunity to preach the gospel always 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 as you go as you walk through life write it down in your bible go therefore cross it out as you go through life make disciples of all nations make disciples make disciples who will go this is what god said to isaiah not having given the assignment, Isaiah says, here am I, send me. Today God's asking, who will go? He's told you what he wants you to do. As you go into all of the world, preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. Teach them to, to, to obey everything that I've taught you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I'll be with you always. Who wants more of God? Start to do what he's asked us to do. He shows up when we fulfill the assignment. As we fulfill the assignment. As we step out to do the assignment. As long as Peter was in the boat, he didn't need faith to walk on water. He took that first step and there was faith. He took that second step and there was faith. Sometimes we just got to get out of the boat. Sometimes we just got to start to do what God's asked us to do. We need to be delivered from the fear of sharing the gospel. Don't let the enemy lie to you. You know enough now. You're equipped enough now. Just start to tell someone that Jesus loves them, that Jesus loves them. That's the most important thing. If they ask you some questions and you, they, you can't answer them, there's a really easy solution. 
come to church with me on Sunday. Pastor would love to field that question for you. I would love to field that question for them. Bring them in by the masses. Every one of you guys, go out and find someone who has a question that you can't answer and bring them here next Sunday and I'll have a line. I'll make a desk. And we'll line them up and we'll answer those questions. I'll get Pastor Steve up here with me. He's got his doctorate. He probably knows more than I do. I'll, I'll bring Pastor Tom back out of retirement. We'll get him, guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready now. Will you go? Will you answer the call? Will you go? God's asking this morning, who will go? Is it you? Is it you? It should be all of us. It should be all of us.